This is Andy Sullivan, and you're listening to Follow Your Spirit. on spirit fam tim lawson here host of follow your spirit hope everybody had a fun and safe fourth of july hope you're enjoying your weekend hope you're staying cool it's hot out there jordan and i decided to take the week off to enjoy the holiday and uh to um take care of some personal endeavors i'm simply here to introduce today's interview but just a couple notes the Bledsoe shirts is at the printer's printing as we speak, and I hope to have all of those sent out by the end of next week. Appreciate appreciate everybody's patience. Uh, excited to get those out to everybody. We'll be moving on to the next shirt, which will hopefully, fingers crossed, be Ashley Hatch. We need to uh, finish some thoughts with her, and we'll get that design going. Jordan and I will be back next week. Player interviews will continue, and we hope to even have Jason from Black and Red United joining us in the weeks to come. And while we haven't posted a lot of new content at the website, Kelly Piper, our photographer, continues to post her amazing photos from game day on the website. So visit spiritcoverage.com to check out her photo galleries from recent games. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all those who support us on Patreon. Here is my interview with Andy Sullivan. Enjoy. We like starting these, uh, the first time I talk to a player, we like going all the way back to uh, where it all began. Do you remember the first time you, init- like you when you initially got into soccer, when a, when, a fo- when a soccer ball initially hit your foot for the first time? <laughs> I can't say I remember the first time that a ball touched my foot, but I um, am the youngest of four, so I had three siblings, and I feel like everyone play soccer at some point recreationally growing up so my siblings were you know diving into rec soccer for the first time and I'm sure I was following them around and wanting to be like them when you know I first encountered soccer and then I just became obsessed myself yeah do do you um what was it about soccer that that made it go from a recreation to a passion (laughs) that's a good question because I don't really know if I know the answer. Um, I think I love that. <laughs> I think I love that um, it's a sport that can be played like anywhere, anytime with anyone. Um, and I love that, like that it's kind of the world's game and that everyone kind of relates to it in some piece or another. Um, and I think, I think that's a, an interesting question because I like why I don't know why it wasn't another sport. You know, I, you know, played basketball for a little bit and I liked it, but I just, I hated missing soccer for it. And, um, you know, I did, I swam, but I didn't feel the same way about swimming, but I feel like anyone could feel that way about anything. And just for me, it was soccer. Yeah. Um, what, what athletes, um, either soccer or not, uh, were you looking up to, were you, what did you look up to while you were growing up? That's an awesome question, too. Um, I think my immediate role models were mostly people within my family. So I really um, looked up to my mom and my um, my sister, Kaylee, who um, also played soccer. But uh, I loved – I was lucky to grow up in the area, and I got to watch, you know, professional soccer when I was growing up. So the WUSA was around and the WPS was around um, all childhood and then the NWSL. 
And so I really got to look up to a lot of those players that played for, you know, the Washington Freedom back in the day and then the Washington Spirit later on. Uh, I loved watching Abby Wambach. I loved watching Lori Lindsay and um, a lot of players who came back to the area and even, even Joanna Lohman, you know, who played for those teams uh, and then was my teammate, you know, last year in the league and everything. So there are just so many different players that I got to watch, you know, play for the freedom in the spirit but also play against so I feel like I've just I feel like everyone who I meet I've been following them for a long time I feel kind of creepy in that aspect but um, I feel very fortunate because I know a lot of young girls don't necessarily have that opportunity you know there are only a few teams and I was lucky enough to be around one of them growing up yeah so you mentioned it in the video that they played at the end of the match on Saturday but how was it being able to go from watching Joe play as a fan to then becoming her teammate it was the best um I you know I watched Joe play growing up as a fan and then I got you know to meet her kind of in off-season time, um, just through training in the D.C. area or playing pickup and seeing how much joy she brings to every environment and to every person she interacts with, including myself. And that was something that inspired me to want to do that in my soccer career and my life. And then, you know, to get drafted to the the team was she on that she was on was very special. Um, and... I, she's, you know, people see her and they think about her energy and her craziness, but she's actually one of the most thoughtful and intelligent and considerate people I've ever met. And so all throughout last year and this year, having incredible conversations with her, not only about soccer, but about life and the world. And she's just so experienced and um, curious about a lot of things and love and that it's just incredible to talk to her about so many different things. So I, you know, admire her tremendously and I hope to be like half the human that she is. <laughs> don't we all, my goodness. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have the energy to be half of, half of her. That's, oh man. That's a good point. I, yeah. It's, you know, it, it would be amazing, uh, you know, leaving a match, uh, you know, in the past couple years, and um, I get home maybe an hour and a half after the match ends, and I go on Twitter to see that Joe is going into a four-hour dance fest, living it up. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, I don't know how she does that either. Oh my goodness, that's the last thing I want to do after a game. I'm in my bed right after. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you were raised. Yeah. You were raised in Virginia. You're 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 a local. Uh, but you decided to play college ball out uh, for the for the Cardinal. What led you? What inspired you to go across the country for for college? There were so many factors I went into that college decision, um, and I felt again very fortunate um, that I felt like I had a lot of really good options, and I felt like I couldn't really go wrong. Um, which almost made the decision, you know, harder. It's like, how am I going to choose between all these amazing places? Um, but for me, I think Stanford's like reputation just kind of won me over and, um, you go out there and visit and you know why everyone wants to stay there. Um, and I think I was ready for something fresh and something different. I loved growing up here and, but I wanted to go somewhere and have like a totally new start. And for me, that was out in California and, um, obviously just like the academics there are incredible and I wanted to go somewhere where I was going to be 
pushed and challenged uh, in more ways than one. And I, I definitely found that there. Um, and I loved everything about my experience. So I, I'm so happy I made that choice. Yeah. So what I mean, so while you're at Stanford, and, and I think I have these accolades, right? But uh, you were named Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. Uh, you were Pac-12 Player of the Year. Um, you've won the Herman Trophy. Um, among, I mean, as you're, as you're, as you're performing so well at Stanford and receiving these accolades, at what point did you realize that you had the potential to go pro? I think I knew that I was going to go pro before I even went to college. Nice. <laughs> um, Very good. I, yeah, no, I, like I said, having the, the team around me growing up and seeing it, I knew that's what I wanted. And that's part of the reason that influenced my decision to go to Stanford is like, I want to be able to grow as a player. And I think they were going to help me do that. And, um, but no, I, I, I made that decision with going pro in mind. Um, because it wasn't just about the education. It was also about, okay, where am I going to grow and develop as a player and be able, that's going to prepare me for that next level. Yeah. Um, what's been the, I mean, so you were drafted by the spirits, uh, number one overall in 2018. Um, it wasn't as really as, it was, you know, it, it was anticipated by, uh, by everybody, <laughs> but, um, what has been the, like, what was, um, what was the biggest, uh, adjustment that you had to make, um, going from college to pro? That's a great question too. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest adjustment. Yeah, like what? Like, like what was um, what was something noticeably either different or um, or unique, or just the the the, uh, the way the game was played? However, you want to answer that question, but something you know. Like, oh, oh man, I'm thinking more different. like in terms of dealing with the lifestyle. Oh wait, that, uh, hey, you can take think... that approach too. That'd be interesting. <laughs> um, I think like in college and at Stanford, especially like my life was so busy, 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 busy. And that was great. And like the amount that I was able to do and produce was great, but also like very exhausting. And now like I training is more intense. It's more demanding. So is the travel. Um, but then I have all this like kind of downtime and what do I do with that downtime? It's like very hard because I think <laughs> with a lot of players on the team, like you've got a lot of, young people who are very active and energetic and so they want to go sorry i'm in georgetown <laughs> very loud um okay. but uh <laughs> you know that you have all these young players who are very active and energetic and they want to go like do stuff but at the same time you have to rest and take care of your body to be prepared for training and for games and so finding that like mental balance of like not overtraining, not overworking but not, you know, kind of understimulating your mind and your activity yeah. um, has been something like I'm continually struggling with. Um, and in terms of like change, I think the level is like so much. I mean, I was again, I was very spoiled in, in college where I went to a school that had a lot of incredible players. And a lot of the times like we like we were expected to win every game that we played um, and we like dominated a lot of those games. I mean, they weren't challenging, but we, we had more of the ball, like we kept it a lot and it was less transitional. Whereas you get to the league and you show up and it is literally anyone's game any day of the week. Um, and I love that. I love the competitiveness and that you have to show up every second of every game and how wild it is. And so that's something that I just have to adjust to is 
even, you know, digging deeper competitively and um, adjusting to, you know, the pace and the physicality and the fight of the league. And I mean, I could go on forever about how much harder the league is than college. Um, But it, you know, it's been, it's been a pretty good uh, adjustment, um, but definitely have more to work on and grow on for sure. Yeah. I mean, so, so, you know, you were with the Spirit last year. Um, you're with them here this year when uh, the Spirit are on top of the table uh, almost midway through the season. Uh, almost a almost a complete flip from sort of what we saw as fans from last season. Uh, what's the atmosphere like in that locker room, and can you compare it to sort of what it was like around this time last year? Yeah, um, everything – from like last year to this year everything is better everything is incredible um and a lot of that goes to you know Steve Baldwin our owner stepping in and making a lot of changes which is not easy and he's been phenomenal and I think people feel that freshness and so the everything feels fresh it feels new it almost feels like a totally new team which I mean to be honest a lot of it is a lot of players are not around anymore that were around last year um and so it's kind of like a small cohort of us that really remember that. Um, and it's, it's, it's a good kind of perspective for us. It, you know, makes us thankful for what we have now and also see, you know, help us see how much more we can grow um, and how quickly things can change. And so I think that kind of keeps us in the present and keeps us in the moment to keep, you know, working hard because like things can, you know, turn around in your favor or out of your favor at any second. So just to keep, you know, doing all the right things all the time so that you can kind of, like, bring about that good energy. Um, but, you know, the vibe in the locker room is incredible, and we have, a, like, a fantastic group. Very happy with it. Yeah, very good. And, you know, I mean, you're only um, – I mean, you've only been in the league for a couple of years yourself, but have you – have you got an opportunity to sort of um, remind or emphasize to the rookies that um, it that this is something special that's happening right now? Like this is a competitive league, and being able to sit on top of the table with this much success is something special, and that's something um, that they should feel sort of almost privileged to be a part of. That's an interesting way to look at, look at it. I don't know if I quite look at it that way. <laughs> I, I mean, I do think I. <laughs> I mean, I do think that I like the idea, like, yeah, it is, you know, it's special to be at, at the top. But in my mind, I'm looking at it and being like, we haven't done anything yet. Like, yeah, we're at the top yeah. right now, but who sure. says we're going to be at the top this weekend or two weeks from now? And so I I kind of look at it and be like, yeah, it's special. But remember all the things that we had to do to get here? Like, don't forget that just because we're there now doesn't mean we can be like kind of smelling the flowers a little bit and being like oh this is special and we've done it because in my mind we haven't done anything yet and I think it's important to remind the rookies of that or you know just remind the team of that all the time not just the rookies but remind the team like hey we haven't done anything yet it's not over you know I think in my mind like the work is just now starting because now like you said it's been like a complete turnaround from last year and so I think only now are people starting to take us seriously and thinking like oh like this team's here to play. And so I think teams are going to bring better games against us. And, you know, like when you're at the top, you have a target on your back and people want to take you down. So I think it's only going to be harder from here. And it's only going to be harder when, you know, the world cup players are starting to return and then all the world cup players will be back. And I think, I think it's got, we have an uphill battle. So I'm trying to, 
taking the opposite approach of being like, look where we are now and thinking like, yeah, we're in a good spot, but we have a lot more work to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a few questions about your relationship with the team. Um, which which player do you feel like you have the most chemistry with on the pitch? Um, I think I have a really good relationship with Jordan DiBiase. Um, I think that's only shown in a couple moments in games, but when it shows, it seems kind of like next level. Um, and I think that's just because I've I played with her in college, and she's a very dynamic player. Um, and I think I can kind of enable her to do some, you know, very dynamic things with her movement and stuff, just set her up to do her thing. And, um, and besides her, I would say Tori Huster, just kind of similar. Like I've known her for a very long time and um, she's just a very smart, very clinical player. And so I think we can kind of get on the same wavelength with how we see the game. And that can be very, it, it makes playing with her easy. Yeah. Uh, what about off the pitch? Which players do you have the most chemistry with? <laughs> that's, an, that's a tough question. Um, to be honest, like we have such a well-knit group that I don't know if I could pick a single player. Like, it just depends on – and I love that. I love that we have a very, yeah. like, fluid group. Um, I mean, it's, I, mean I, I think, think that's like actually a really great answer because – that so that that question these two questions the chemistry on and off the pitch these are part of the original set of questions I asked three years ago in 2016 when I started this podcast and the, there was like a lot of players always had an answer and what's interesting is this year each player has led with that with well we have such a tight knit team but and then they'll give us a couple specifics and it's it's been interesting that this year has been consistent on that where the players have mentioned or they've led with the team is tight knit or I have chemistry with everybody or wherever it may be whereas in the past it's been easier for players to sort of pick apart uh, a couple that the that that they're they're friends with but anyways I, I digress hopefully that's a good omen <laughs> yeah i hope so um who do you, who do you who would you say might be an un, unsung hero on the team? Maybe someone who isn't making the highlight reel or filling the stat sheets, but is definitely contributing to the, to the success of the team. Uh, Maggie Doherty Howard. Yes, love her. Um, I think she's constantly like overlooked, um, and I think it. I'm. I just think she's so consistent, so solid. I always know what I'm going to get from her, and. Um, yeah, but she's not always necessarily, do, you know, she's not always scoring the goals or she's not making the, you know, the save off the line or anything like that. But she's so solid, so consistent, so incredible. Um, and I think she'll continue to get better, too. So I love playing with her, especially, you know, in the midfield. Yeah. Uh, when you're not on the pitch, what do you enjoy doing? Apparently hanging out in Georgetown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm in Georgetown. uh tonight i like coming here um what do i do with my spare time well this summer i've been watching a lot of the world cup games um so i try and watch a lot of soccer and get a lot of recovery in to be honest i'm not that exciting off the field (laughs) i don't um i don't i don't do a whole lot i try to read some i try to watch a little netflix i don't really do a whole lot um I actually get encouraged to do more by our team this year. Like we have a very social bunch. So, and we all live pretty close together. So we, you know, 
maybe we'll get together and bake. Um, we have Bachelorette Mondays where we watch The Bachelorette <laughs> together, um, which I, I've never watched The Bachelorette before, and but I am watching it this year because like, I knew it would commit me to hang out with the team. Yeah. And uh, it's it's quite a terrible television, but very addicting. So. Yeah. Yes, I think uh, um, I think that's why it's be why it's been so successful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Andy, I, I, Andy, I just have just one more question for you. If you if you had to produce a podcast, if you're the producer of a podcast, uh, which oh, which two teammates would you choose to be the co-host? So so uh, they would be the host. Who would it be, and what would they be talking about? Who would the co-host? of a podcast be yeah so to pick two teammates to to co-host a podcast together and what would their what would their subject be what would they discuss oh my gosh wow <laughs> you could go so many different combinations it's insane um i would love we've actually joked about aubrey doing like a a cooking baking like youtube channel like i know that sounds so weird so i'm trying to it, think that's like the first thing that popped because, into my head it doesn't because aubrey's baking has come up every time i've asked this question so oh my gosh that's <laughs> so funny okay well then i'm trying to get something out but no i don't know how you would make that. i mean podcasts talking about food i'm sure they exist but i don't know if that's what i still can think so many comedy oriented things i think meg crossin is like you could talk to her about anything and she would be outrageous. So she would be a funny one and maybe pair her with someone like Dorian Bailey, who's kind of like Dorian's like kind of quiet. So I think that's kind of hard to put her on a podcast, but she has these little like witty comments Mm. and would just balance Meg out very well. I don't know what they would talk about. Probably anything. Honestly, I could tell Meg to talk about a sewer and she would make it interesting. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, you could do very many combinations. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, should, should, uh, by the way, I, I think the fans now expect, uh, Aubrey to put out some sort of baking related content. Now we've heard about it. Baking content. Yeah. Uh, I'll push her. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. I think, uh, what, I mean, what, what's her specialty? Do you know? Do you know, like, what's... Desserts. desserts. Oh, my gosh. Um, she makes a good pizzuki, like a pizza cookie. Yeah. Um, oh, she great. makes great cobbler. She makes healthy desserts, like banana bread that's pretty healthy. Like, she can do it all. Yeah. Uh, very good. Well, Andy, thank you so much for your time. I know you're, I know you're, uh, you you got a busy social life down there in Georgetown, so I appreciate <laughs> you, uh, uh, you joining me. And um, I look forward to seeing you the next time that the Spirit are at the play. That's this week, right? It's, it's, a, it's a home game this yeah, week, Yeah, this right? weekend. We play North Carolina, yeah. Perfect. I will be there, and uh, I'll try to say hi. Sounds good. Looking forward to meeting you for real. Farewell. Take care, Andy. Thank you. You too.